The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Saturday 9th of May. The Fujicast. Hello, welcome to the Fujicast at the weekend. Um, we had, a, of course, we had a bank holiday yesterday, didn't we, Kev? Did, did you did you notice that at all? Uh, I know. Isn't it weird? It's like the first Friday bank holiday in a thousand years or something. Well, of course, there was a reason, a very good reason for it, it being VE um, day. But um, uh, 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 that, that means that we don't we don't get it on the Monday. Not that it makes any difference to some of us now on a Monday, does it? Really? But um, no. But so do you remember when they first announced that that the bank holiday was going to be on a Friday instead of a Monday? Hmm. There were so many people that were up in arms because like the part-time workers who typically work on Mondays yeah. and you know but still get their bank holidays on Mondays like hang on I, I'm gonna lose a day's worth of work God, and, yeah. or a day's holiday lose a day's worth of work luxury <laughs> God I know how the world changes eh how, how things change. Anyway, welcome to the Fuji Cast. It's the uh, photography show that's daily during the lockdown, uh, as opposed to, uh, to to weekly usually. You're very welcome. We formed hopefully a nice community. And at the weekend, we do something slightly different in that we, we have interviews. And there's no, no exception. This weekend, uh, we've got two interviews. I'll talk to you about who we've got today in, in just a moment's time. Tomorrow, we kind of dot around Europe and the world, uh, catching up with a few of... Um, a few friends of the show who've been doing personal projects during during the lockdowns. We're going to go to Australia, to America, to France, and um, a little bit further up the uh, the motorways and into Scotland um, as well. So that that's what we're doing tomorrow. Today, though, and you know her. I think you 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 know her, don't you? Elka Vogels. Uh, <laughs> Do you know? I <laughs> just you started this because I was fine. We're, we're saying El- Elke Vogelsang, and then you tongue-tied me. Elke Vogelsang is going to be today's guest. Sorry, yeah. Elke. She's wonderful. She uh, is. I have I met her in Germany, actually. Very, very, very good to talk to her. Did very you, nice person. Did you share a stage with her? Did you... Yeah, yeah. she was... Uh, we were on the same... Not at the same time, but no, yes, no, no. Uh, Fotokina. You should have said Elke. Have you seen some of the dog portrait portraits I do? Come and look at a picture of Git. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to see. I, I would absolutely. That's a really good idea. I might package Git up and put him in a box and send him over to Germany. Yeah, it won't take long to get to Germany in a box, will it? Oh, don't send Git to Germany. Well, Elka, as you're going to find out, her journey um, was quite accidental in many respects. I mean, she's turned into, a, a, I think, a real darling of the uh, of the canine photography world. Not just dogs as well, actually, cats and horses as well. But I think she's very, very well known, obviously, for her for her work with dogs and these these immense portraits that are they're, they're just so humorous aren't they they're so. amazing yeah and and i believe she has a whippet as well she does uh, which yeah. features a lot in her pictures yeah and yeah. her whippet looks a lot like my whippet and uh, I, I remember seeing one picture it was at Photokina, i think but not the year that we spoke together i think it was a different year when they had a pre- they had a um, little gallery exhibition mm, of her mm. pictures and it was like this big six foot wide by three foot oh. picture of uh, uh, of her whippet with um, uh, the uh, David Bowie stripes across his face or her oh, face. Oh yeah! And it was phenomenal. It was yeah. huge. Yeah. And uh, and I remember sending the picture to Gemma and saying, "We have to do this. Yeah. We have to do this to the whippet." <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever go? We didn't. No, no. you didn't. But Gemma I, is painting the garden fence as we speak. Well, we so, um, I, I think the the most um, uh, the most incredible thing about Elka's story is is well, it is the the narrative behind how she accidentally fell into in, into this work through through what could have been really uh, quite horrible circumstances. But I don't want to spoil it. 
you'll hear the interview very, very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a, a quick sort of rewind over the, the Fuji Fund stuff that we started mentioning over the last couple of days. That's still going, of course, and the 20th is when is when you can actually bid for the or bid the final bid for the photographs is that is that right absolutely 20th of may it 20th. kicks off yes um so good luck to everybody there and uh, hopefully make a lot of money for charity food food fujifund.org and you can read all about it. and one of one of kev's pictures is there being auctioned as well or being sold rather it's not auctioned it's sold isn't it no um, sold yeah Ru- russell ald who will feature i think next weekend um i i asked uh, ian to send me because he organized it of course didn't he to send me some of his thoughts about some of his favorite pictures that, that are there and he said i'm constantly blown away by russell in his work what he can do with the camera and in the environment he causes office which is the ocean in, in southwest australia is it's nothing short of spectacular the shot he's donated not only excites the visual sense but you can hear the roar of the wave and feel that spray and i i concur with that ian russell's work is absolutely gorgeous amazing work so mm. right questions um peter johnson's so uh, we've got a couple of questions and we'll uh, we'll hear from elka uh, peter johnson hi neil hi kev just a quick one considering both cameras do you mind the x pro 3 uses the old fuji battery and not the newer higher capacity version now used in the xt4 love the dailies don't take it the wrong way but i hope they don't last too much longer and things get back to a kind of normal peter in county durham peter johnson <laughs> Yeah, what do you think about it? We talked about batteries in a slightly different stance last week, didn't we? Yeah, well, I mean, there you go. So they, they've people have been complaining for a long time that the, the batteries aren't lasting long enough. Um, although in most case, in vast majority of cases, they could get the batteries to last a lot longer, in my opinion. However, um, they have, uh, for the X-T4, created a, a little bigger battery. Yeah which lasts longer a little bigger battery they've created a little bigger battery <laughs> okay that, that was a little bigger battery a bigger little bit oh they've a, created a, a bigger. Big, little, it's a bigger battery they've created another battery that's a little bit bigger <laughs> yes that's it oh got there in the end <laughs> to pacify those people yeah. and uh yeah it's that's the way it is you know the xt4 is is more power hungry i guess and and uh, you know it's it's going to need to heat sink a bit more especially if people are doing uh filming and what have you with it yeah. so no no problem i have no problems with the uh, with the battery switch and i would imagine going forward the x pro whatever the next version of that will be will use this newer battery and um, various cameras going forward will use the newer battery um oh my word is that is git knock something over probably yeah <laughs> I'm, dead. I'm not even turning around to see you, what's happening. You can't win with the battery thing, can you? Because one minute people say, "I want, I want really small cameras, titty cameras," and then, then you start make a slightly bigger battery, and it's, I want smaller batteries now. You know, um, but I want them to have the same power. It's a bit of an impossible to win one. This, isn't it? I still don't understand how people are only getting like three, three hundred and fifty pictures out of the batteries on the XT. Two, three, yeah, X Pro yeah. two, X Pro three. Yeah. Um, I, I it just I just don't understand it because I get way way more than that, you know. And I, I did actually write a piece on my F sixteen website about it. So you know, it's yeah. it's there's a lot of things you can do to mitigate. Uh, for example, you can not use the LCD so much. You can also switch off the overlays. A lot of the overlays you don't need. You know, you don't need to perhaps know what the white balance is if it's on auto all the time. So switch off that little display, and that's a little bit less power that yeah. the camera is doing too. Uh, take up battery so um yeah anyway they they have answered it by sticking a bigger battery in um which obviously won't work in the back backwards compatibility list no 
Um, but forward compatibility, I'm sure that that's the battery they will all use. Um, Helen Fennell, not, not so much a question, but she's written in some stuff that's helped her during her street photography. And I thought this might be quite handy to read. And you might have some thoughts on this as we go through them. So thank you, Helen, for for your email to click at fujicast.co.uk. Hi, Kev. Hi, Neil. Hope you're all safe and well. Been enjoying the daily on my, my early morning walks, so thank you for helping us to stop going completely up the wall. I heard the question about how to approach st- street portraits the other day, and I thought I'd share what I've found helpful. First time I decided to take street portraits, I went to my local high street and spent 45 minutes lurking on a corner, waiting to uh, find somebody who looked kind to ask. Have you done? Uh, we, we talked about street portraits, and... Yeah, I, I don't. Have you done actual street portraaits yourself, Kev? Or, or, no, but no. this is this is the thing that you and I are going to be doing. Yes, you mentioned it yeah, a couple of weeks ago, didn't you? A week this, is ago. this is going to be our, yeah. uh, when we come out of lockdown. We are heading into town. Well, which gonna, which town? Malmesbury or London? Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe not London. Definitely not Malmesbury. Would it, maybe would, we'll go to Newbury. Newbury. Will it not be? I tell you what. I've tried on the streets of Newbury. People have a no, not today, thank you. Think, no, I'm not selling you anything. I just want to make a picture. Yeah. I guess we've just got to man up and be brave, haven't we, really? Yeah, no, we're going to do it. This is this is our challenge. This is One, one thing I've learned from lockdown mm. is that people are raising their, their game in terms of, uh, you know, uh, giving themselves things to challenge, to, to actually challenge themselves yeah. by. And, and that's that's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to be outside our comfort zone. And uh, I'm, you're coming with me regardless. So I'm, I'm going to um, wear a Mullins we're mask. Gonna do it. I'm going to wear a Mullins mask. It's not me. It's Mullins. I finally spotted a couple sat on a bench and I went up and had a chat. I learned a lot from the first encounter. Number one, always chat first. Compliment their hat, their tattoo, their Mohican before you approach the subject of a photo. That way they're relaxed and we made a connection and I get a better portrait, she says. It's nice to know about your subject and I always take a name. I try to take my time so it doesn't feel as if I'm grabbing a photo and running. Each portrait probably takes about 10 minutes. So that's a a reasonable amount of time to spend with somebody. And I guess then you you are investing yourself in them and they can see that you have a level of interest, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I I think this this kind of backs up what we said before, wasn't it? Typically, the people who are um, going out of their way to look a little bit different are doing it because they they like the attention. And Mm. that's great. Um, so yeah, go for it. Speak to them, talk to them, send them the pictures, um, and and away you go. And and I, you know, I do. I, again, I, we said this about the family photography thing. I do think that there is a uh, a gender, not an issue, absolutely not an issue, but there's a gender difference here. So if uh, you know, if I in my especially the way I look right now, if I walked up to a strange <laughs> person in the street and said, "Excuse me, excuse me, can I take your picture, please?" Oh no. Yeah, you're so, not going to do that when we go out doing these, are you? Uh, whereas, uh, you know, it's d- depending on your appearance, your stuff, and everything. That's why I yeah. suggested when we first talked about it that you go, you, you have two people, mm. one who looks like that they're, they're maybe perhaps holding a light stand or a camera, a bag or whatever, you know, so it looks more uh, real and more yeah. professional. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But yes, I, 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 I'm excited by this this idea. Number two, she said, I, I explain that I'm taking street portraits. I always tell them how they're going to be used, because it worries a lot of people. Then if they're okay with uh, me taking the shot, I'd take a few and sometimes ask them to, to move to a better light and so on and so forth. Now, it's interesting, Gabrielle Matola, who we talked to recently, doesn't get engaged in any of that sort of detail anymore. I, I wonder whether then you can get into too much debate and too much dialogue, and it worries people more that they're thinking, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about where they were going to be used. Mm, yeah, or maybe not today, thanks. Or, or do you disagree? Well, um, yeah, I mean, I suppose it depends a little bit on the on the implementation. You know, I'm uh, 
I, I like candid street photography. That's my thing, you know, and, and, and I've got what I consider portraits of people, but very candidly, they're not, you know, they're not staring at the camera and it's a clearly a, a, a kind of posed picture type thing. Although that, that really does interest me. Um, and I think it's just different approaches, isn't it? And, you know, I've said it a million times, it'd be a very boring world if we mm. all did things exactly the same way. Um, you know, and yeah, if you're, if you're under the, under the hammer of time, perhaps, and it's a commission, then, you know, perhaps you do need to just get on with it. If yeah. you're doing it just for the, the love of photography, which a vast majority of us would be, you can spend then a bit longer. make it, make it enjoyable, make it, make it cathartic, make it an exercise of not only taking pictures, but an exercise of, of interaction and, you know, community building and meeting new people. Well, that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, Helen made four points. Third one. I have my Instax printer. Now, I know you've done this, Kev, um, with me. And I give them a copy of the shop, which always goes down very well. Then I give them a card with my website and email address on it and tell them to contact me if they'd like a free copy for their social media and so on, which is probably a good idea, isn't it, Kev? I think it's quite a friendly way. Would you like, you know, a, 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 what's going on with your machine today? You're very I'm popular. so sorry. Is it? I got, I've got Breezy nagging me to try and go out in the living room. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right on cue. And you got your, your, your dating app keeps binging and bonging no, at you. I'm trying hey. to text, I'm trying to text Gemma to let Breezy out, but it's not working. So I'm just going to let let, let just... Breezy out. Go on, Breezy, go go chase the cats. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, this never happens to Elka Vogel sang, never happens to Elka. No, she'd, have, she'd have dog whispered that dog into kind of Elka, you just do what you need to do. I'm cool, I'll wait here. Not your dogs. Number, no, exactly, number yeah. four, if somebody says no, then I never ask why, I never pressure them, I simply say no problem, wish them a nice day and move on. You never know what's going on in people's lives and I don't want to make somebody's day worse. Generally, 90% of the people say yes. Good yeah, point. absolutely. You definitely don't want to cause any kind of conflict and you never know what's going on in people's world. So, yeah, if they say no, you just say no problem. Mm. Enjoy. I loved your hat. I feel like this, the street photography, sorry, the street portraiture type element of street photography is something that I've really shied away from. Yeah. Um, but it's always interested me. And I think I've shied away from it purely because I'm, I'm probably a bit scared. You know, mm. I'm, I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, when you look at the work of the people that are out there, we talked about, I can't remember the, 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 the book was called um, People of London, wasn't it? And oh, it was, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Polish sounding surname. Uh, anyway, it's pre- a couple of episodes back. Um, and that's a beautiful book, Hoxton Mini Press book. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's a whole mini industry that's popped up from things like the uh, people of New York, you know, the, the, that Facebook group that was just a Facebook group and yeah. it turned into a movie, books. Yeah. I think they've even had records out, haven't they? And, you know, I think it's great, you know, the, the, the people, I can stare at people's faces and just think, you know, what what's happened in your life where you're going you know what you're doing you're beautiful you're perhaps not so beautiful perhaps you're you've got lines you know things have happened and and i think that's that's the magic of it all well um when when we go do that it might be interesting if we filmed each other in the process as well i don't know maybe you don't think that's a good idea but well but, you said this last time yeah, every you, you, time we yeah. i suggest us doing something you say we'll film it yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> we won't film it <laughs> but I might audio record it because it would be yeah. interesting. But it'd be because inter- it well, it would be interesting for the podcast, it would. wouldn't it? it to would, hear yeah. what people say, you know, yeah. there'll be you yeah. crooning to them saying you're beautiful. <laughs> 
with yeah. your liney face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we could end up with you coming to, to get us from the jail later in the evening or something. <laughs> That's it. Bail posted. Right. <laughs> Elke Vogelsang, the incredibly talented humorist. And I use that title very easily alongside photographer. Elka teaches me a very valuable lesson in this interview, just about halfway in, and that's to do with how you promote or, if you like, introduce yourself as a photographer, particularly at the start of your career or a project. Now, the effort you afford people and their projects, no matter the size of their following, is something that very much opened my imagination. So, who is Elka? Well, I think the who shows exceptionally well in her pictures of dogs. Wit, invention, life, communication, authenticity. I could keep trying to explain her work when actually you will see and understand this in spades if you just visit her site, which you'll find links for, of course, in the show notes. Even if you're not thinking of uh, this as a career, because it, it is pretty niche, there's something quite extraordinary about this photographer's approach to life and making pictures, and definitely in the backstory to how she started. If I were to give this episode an alternative title, I think it would be There's Something About Elka, which I hope you'll equally find over the coming minutes of this Saturday edition interview. So, Elka, I became aware of your work through a series of introductions, one of those from a photographer in the UK called Mandy Burton, who, pho ah. who photographs dogs herself. And when we were chatting about pet portraits, she said, ah, yeah, but, Neil, you need to look at Elka. She just takes this to another level. So, um, <laughs> so how did it all start? Real grassroots question, but when did you begin making pictures of, of dogs and cats yeah first of all say hi to mandy <laughs> that's cool thanks for <laughs> mentioning me yeah i started photography as a hobby in the analog days already yeah. um but i just snapped away and documented once in a while i wanted to become a better photographer and shot a few films and when i got back the results i was not satisfied and then i just yeah, I forgot about it for quite a while again. And I think it was um, 10 years ago now, my family and I had a quite stressful time with several sick family members. Oh. So we had taken on my mother-in-law with dementia. Oh. My mother-in-law was a lovely lady, but dementia is not so lovely. Oh. So that was in 2007. And um, two years into that, time my father died and my mother needed more help so I had my mother-in-law to take care of and my mother wow. and so that was quite stressful and I had decided to um, start a one picture day project I wanted to start that on January 1st 2010 and on Christmas so right before I wanted to start that one picture day project I found my husband unconscious in the bathtub mm. And the diagnosis was a severe brain hemorrhage due mm. to ruptured aneurysm. Oh, my word. So this was now complete and utter chaos. It was really, really a challenging time. Um, so my husband was an, in an induced coma, and they didn't have much hope that he would survive. And so I started this one picture day project to try to keep something to, to keep up something like normality mm. at that time and to have something like a creative outlet because well it was just lots and lots of sick people to take care yeah. of, lots of worry. Yeah. And yeah, the dogs had to be taken for a walk. Yeah. So they were my models. My husband recovered fully, thankfully. Yeah. He had no short-term memory at all for weeks or months. 
I also wrote an, a written diary for him, which is, in hindsight, very, very funny, actually, because he was not aware of his situation. And, yeah, he had no short-term memory at all. And some things were really, really funny, mm. but only from a later perspective, not mm. at that time. Well, it's, it's in, interesting you use the word funny, because, you know, the first word that strikes me when I look at your homepage is humour, and um, simply that, humour. Um, you're obviously somebody who, even in those darkest moments, can find humour in things. But you, you found the character of your sitters. So in this case, the the animals, you found their character through this humour. But but where do your ideas come from? I mean, do do you look at a dog and think, ah, do you know what? I'm going to have that dog hold a rose in its mouth, or, or, or be licking sorbet from a tub, or be cuddling up to a lovely fluffy duck, looking like that toy is the, is the only friend in the world? Where do your ideas come from? Um, yeah, humour and German, that doesn't really go together. I, I wasn't saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my husband, for example, is very, very funny and um, we laugh a lot here. And I think dogs are very funny. And um, at that time, when I did this One Picture Day project, the first pictures I took when my husband was in the hospital were dark and moody and not funny at all. Mm. So the funny pictures came later on because I think dogs are very, very funny. I had to come up with a new idea every day and I put the pictures on the internet. I showed them in a blog and I didn't want to bore the people, the one or two followers I had, I don't know, um, with the same ideas over and over again. So I had to come up with something new every day. And that's, that's the great thing about your story is that you started out really small, no followers, and you've <laughs> built this, this whole thing as brick by brick by brick and it's that yeah. it's that organic thing this is this is a story elka i try and get across to our kids i always say to them look you can't just one day wake up with a hundred thousand subscribers you can't just one day wake up with five thousand followers you have to build it and that's been what your business has been about isn't it yes in 2000 let's say seven eight nine whatever I sat in front of my computer and I admired the pictures of other people and I was absolutely convinced that they have talent and I haven't got any talent. And I will never be able to produce such nice pictures. And nothing happened overnight for me. I just kept on taking pictures all the time and I keep repeating myself in many, many areas. I shoot dogs all the time, so I keep taking pictures of dogs and do the same in that perspective but also I have the same topic in a way and I keep repeating myself but I enjoy it very much but that also improves my eye for detail yeah and yeah the specialization in dogs this um, taking pictures all the time I take a lot of pictures which are really crap but because I just keep on taking pictures once in a while <laughs> they are better D- does it I mean you, you've got you've got three dogs haven't you is that yeah right? yeah well what uh, what flavor are they what breed they are Spanish mixes two right. of them are Galga Espanol mixes that's the Spanish greyhound and the third oh. one is a whatever mix <laughs> whatever <laughs> Does it help to have a dog if you're making pet portraits? I know that sounds a strange thing to ask, but perhaps it's not as strange and obvious as it sounds because a very good friend of mine made absolutely incredible images of horses. He doesn't have one, he can't ride, he doesn't much care for them or the whole industry behind them, but he he just makes these amazing pictures of them. But you've got dogs. Do Do you think that's an advantage when you're making pet portraits? 
Yes, well, definitely. Well, I think you should like them at least so that your friend doesn't care for horses. It's quite amazing that he's able to yeah, portray them because I um, think that I can see when a photographer has no interest in the dog whatsoever um, because then you can see that the dog is just like a prop sometimes. So I do love dogs and I do have my own dogs, but I think it's not absolutely necessary to have a dog of your own. There are so many dogs out there. And if you want to improve your dog photography without having a dog yourself, just ask friends with dogs or go to a dog school or do um, pictures for animal rescue organizations to for dogs to find forever homes. So that's where you can um, yeah, try, try out your dog photography. How, how did you find your first clients, as, as it were? The very first um, booking I got was from friends. They um, got together and hired me and I travelled to their location and they put all the dogs together. That was my first paid job. <laughs> so friends and, um, yeah, later on, people via Facebook, for example, was um, quite important for me in those days. Nowadays, it's not that important anymore because I don't really shoot for yeah. private people anymore. Do but you not? Okay. Nowadays, I show, show only the pictures on the web, which I'm also able to sell. Uh, so. Now, you're a Fujifilm shooter, aren't you? So, yeah. um, so we sh and you're a Fujifilm ambassador as well, of course. And we, we should really run through your kit of choice. Otherwise, I'll be lynched by those that say, come on, you didn't ask Elka about the kit she uses. So yeah. what, what's, what's in the kit bag? Um, my handy and trusty X-T3. And in the studio, I nearly entirely shoot with a Fujinon uh, 16 to 55, because then I can do quirky, funny, wide-angle shots at around 16 millimeters and more elegant ones with 55 millimeters. Outdoors, my telelens is the oh, fifty-one forty by any chance? The, the, yes, exactly. Yeah. And I love the ninety millimeters for elegant portraits outdoors. Oh. And is the, is the ninety millimeter um, uh, zippy enough on on focus? Because yeah, yeah it you, is. I have is it? most of my action shots of my own dogs are actually shot with the ninety millimeters. Oh. <laughs> okay. In terms of lighting, I'm imagining the bright colours, these big pictures you're, you're using quite a lot of strobe yes yes yeah okay so how does yeah. the setup work there because uh, um i'm always intrigued by how um different animals and we'll talk about cats in a while but different animals react to this explosion of light how do you find that with dogs when a dog is um scared by the strobe it's usually not because of the light but the sound so i don't really dial in a very high um power and i have only one strobe i have two strobes but i use only one on dogs because i had a very important large commercial project i think it was two years ago and i had to shoot lots and lots of different dogs and cats and all with the same light and the dogs came from all over the place from different owners and I had to make sure that the dogs are all lit the same way and that all dogs are okay with the light so for that project I used only one strobe to be on the safe side and actually it works perfectly well to use only one it's not very inventive my light is really flat and I like when the fur of the dog is evenly lit so that's what I like um, of 
of course, you can be more experimental and creative with lots of different lights, but then you ha also have to have a cool dog um, that's fine with uh, three strobes firing from different directions. Most dogs will do perfectly, but some might get scared. And so you reduce the risk of the dog getting scared by only using one strobe. And But I also use reflectors to the sides of the dog and also one under the chin if needed. And, and, and the strobe you're using is that a studio strobe or is it a speed light or what what kind of kit is that? I don't know how to, you pronounce it, Jinbai, Jinbei. It's capable of high speed synchronization, which I find very, very handy with dogs. Mm -hmm. Now, you're a big fan of complementary backdrop colours, big colour spaces behind the dogs. I mean, firstly, do you, do you have a large studio space or, is, or do you travel with your lighting to different places to work? I have a studio place in my house in my house okay. and it's around i think 30 square meters oh it's good space then and it's definitely enough for dogs mm. not for horses no, no. <laughs> when i photograph <laughs> horses i go out to the stables now you've so many magazine covers that feature your work elka when, when did that all start clicking into place people such as times magazine th those sort of organization suddenly suddenly people thought have you seen what elka's doing it started in 2014 when um, I, I wrote articles for websites. Whenever somebody asked me if I could write an article or just um, in a short interview, no matter how many followers that blog had, I always put the extra effort in and wrote a piece for them. And sometimes you think nothing comes back, but once in a while something comes back. I was on holidays and I got an email from a website owner who asked me if they could feature my pictures and I was yeah on holidays and I just said well yes of course thank you very much just <laughs> choose the pictures you like and from my 500 px page yeah. because I'm on holidays I can't send you anything and in those days I was still an outdoor photographer and I f thought that studio photography was really really boring yeah I just had uh, pictures of dogs in mind bored dogs on cardboard that was studio photography for me so from the very beginning i tried to come up with something more interesting and th those were these funny shots yeah. and this website decided to take the studio pictures and what i didn't know was that that website was huge that had i don't know loads and loads of followers that was bored panda and so they featured my pictures and all these studio pictures and the pictures went viral massively. Yeah, so all of a sudden I was the studio photographer and that's, yeah, when I decided to specialise in studio photography and more and more and more websites featured those pictures. And yeah, that's when the magazine started contacting me. You can actually, everybody can write an article on Board Panda, for example. There are lots and lots of websites out there which feature... Um, photography projects. If you've got a nice picture series with some text, you can send it in, for example, to My Modern Met or This Is Colossal. And when they feature it, you have a lot of attention for your pictures. You might have a lot of attention. That's a very, very good tip. As a, and I know you shoot mainly, well, mostly commercial now, but as, as a portrait photographer working with kids, a thing I used to hear most often, Elka, from one style of parenting was, behave and you'll get a McDonald's. And they said, stop it, Riley, behave. <laughs> you get a KFC if you carry on, keep smiling. Then it was even more agitating when they introduced treats into the shoot because the, when, when the, the child would then only perform if a bar of chocolate was made available. I, I would imagine, though, in your line of work, treats are sort of 
kind of essential, aren't they, to, to make dogs and cats follow and toe the line? Yes. So I've got loads of different tricks. I first try some noises to try to get an interested look from the dogs, some head tilts. So I always try to go for these head tilt pictures mm. where the dog mm. looks really cute and the ears up. And I have to, so I, I try to whistle or to whisper or do very, very stupid sounds when I'm in a park somewhere. You, you, yeah, you can't be afraid of making a fool out of yourself when you photograph dogs. So I make the most stupid sounds um, to try to get these cute looks. And then I try treats. Yes, definitely. Um, some dogs react better to toys, but you always have to be careful because when you use a ball and the, you've got a ball junkie, some terrier, for example, you might not have a chance anymore to get an elegant portrait of yeah, that dog. Yeah, it's gone, I suppose. As soon as the ball comes in, it's like, oh, let's play, let's play. Yeah. Have you ever been bitten? Uh, no. No. I had dogs snapping at me very, very rarely and... Um, it not really um it didn't um injure me or anything it's just um then i made some kind of mistake if that happens <laughs> now, but it happens very seldom now cats cats have an entirely different personality to dogs as i see it now i'm a dog personality i'm not really a cat person and i know some people can be both and you clearly are but but um i i me and cats we we don't really get on i mean i i <laughs> i would i would imagine that you know cats are kind of like they're like they they sort of well i might get involved i might not i'm not you know, not not today thanks not for me doesn't matter how many treats you give me i'm not re i'm not really very interested and I, I wonder if cats are more awkward to work with than than dogs i mean you wouldn't think it looking at your pictures because your cat pictures are just as glorious as your dog ones but what's easiest definitely dogs cats are so much more difficult and if a cat decides it can't be bothered then that was it you yeah. can't make a cat um, perform for your camera if the cat is not interested so i have treats and i have um a feather for example something oh, to okay. play yeah. and most young cats will really be into it but maybe for 15 minutes yeah and then it might be boring and i had quite a few cats who just said no yeah. go home <laughs> <laughs> how much of your work is commercial now then you, you you mentioned you're not really working for private clients so i imagine that's that's got to be about 90 percent or or are you or, or are you aiming your your work now to become completely commercial yes i am aiming at that um i have a, a quite nice tactic now in a way i have a you i need models all the time for my picture archive wow. so currently unfortunately i can't um, shoot any other dogs except for my own but mm. usually I hire model dogs and they get the the owners get paid in pictures and I can use the pictures for my picture archive perfect but of course I can't use the I don't know 15th black labrador for my picture archive so if somebody with black labrador applies I or would like to have a private session, I say, well, I do accept private sessions, only five a month, um, but you have to pay for it, and I can still use the pictures in my picture archive. <laughs> now, I, I spied a horse appearing on your site. What's happening, Elka? The, the, your animals are getting larger and larger gradually. Yeah, horses are one of my favourites too. 
and um, I take pictures for a German horse magazine. They send me out to um, do reportages for them, and that's one of my absolute favorite things. Then I spend the day at a horse vet or with fell ponies, for okay. example, and yeah, report the um, document these horses for the articles and that's great fun that's super interesting could you work your same magic do you think with humans i actually did take lots of pictures of humans because in the beginning i thought i have to do everything to try to make a living from it and i did i even did weddings but that's no good for my nerves (laughs) (laughs) and you should stop when it's uh still great so i stopped that years ago and but i also took pictures of families and especially children and it was great fun i loved it and i had quite a few clients coming back every single year and i still have clients um from the early years which come back every year and um some of them for 10 years now and I still take those pictures, but that's the only human um, (laughs) portraits I still shoot. What's next then? As you move ahead now, the commercial business is is going very well now, and you're hoping that's going to be 100% of your business. The the agency is working very well, the licensing part. What's... um What's next? Any, any plans? Or, or Obviously, we want to come out of this lockdown situation so you can get back to work. That's number one. But, uh, but what sort of plans have you got? Tomorrow, I will sign a contract with a German publisher. And oh. I will, I've already started working on a book, which will take me take three months now and yeah so i have something to do for the long time Certainly the lockdown do. period thank you to elka um, absolute privilege uh, talking to her and um, the work is just incredible I know, I know a few people have suggested elka actually over over the last few months but uh, I, I must admit elka's always been on the radar because uh, since being introduced to her work I, I am i am a self-confessed fan of, of, of her work um, yeah. but we'll be back tomorrow we've we got a sort of jaunt around uh, certain countries tomorrow Kev by the, by the magic of uh, Zoom to find out what people have been doing in their personal projects so see you tomorrow Kev bye bye the Fujicast is an independent loading zone production goodbye sweetheart well it's time to go we're back tomorrow with another show well unless we're fired talk to you then goodbye sweetheart goodbye goodbye